Welcome back in, everybody. Mathis podcast, TCM pod on all social medias. Hang on just one second as we get the banner scrolling at the bottom of the page right now. Check out that banner. Check us out on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, YouTube, at TCM underscore pod. But first and foremost, Spencer Savage Spence, L Savage Spence is now back in action. I'm here, baby. On TCM pod and glad to have you back, Spence, after missing what two shows last week's show yep. and then the interview with Isaac on talk to him Tuesday. Yeah. The interview with Isaac Pugh was great. I'm glad to be back and ready to roll for the Super Bowl pod, Super Bowl pod. And we'll dive into that with prop bets on the halftime show, a whole bunch of things going on this week on the podcast. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of content to share with you guys. So check us out YouTube and Spotify right now, rather than just listening to us on Apple podcast. And first and foremost, last weekend, We had a couple of things go on with the Pro Bowl and the National Football League. Again, uh, we're here at Mountainside Parcel and Post Studios. And I don't know if I want to talk about Matt Jones first or Alvin Kamara of the Saints first, Spence. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara. All right, you said it. Here we go. So of all things that happened in the Pro Bowl, not too many hits at all, if any. But this is by far the biggest hit. Alvin Kamara got in some kind of altercation following the game, what, Sunday night after the Pro Bowl? No, it was before the Pro Bowl. Before the Pro Bowl? Yeah, the altercation happened before the Pro Bowl. Then he went to play in the Pro Bowl, and then they arrested him inside of the stadium. So did he get any playing time in this game? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how this even leaked then. And I, I, I don't know if there's any more information that came out about the story. The latest I saw was... He could get, you know, in trouble for up to five years. Yeah. But that's crazy. I mean, there's no telling what that guy had to have said to Alvin Kamara. But uh, apparently, well, Alvin Kamara's story was that this guy called one of his friends that he was with ugly. Wow. That was his excuse. So, (laughs) okay. So Alvin Kamara, just like the Saints organization, is slowly dwindling down. And again, Michael Thomas missed off last season with an ankle injury. Uh, Drew Brees retired just a season ago. Sean Payton steps down as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Then you have one key piece on offense, Alvin Kamara, that you think is for sure coming back and going to be the one anchor that we can count on if you're a Saints fan, and he goes out and does that. Yep. Again, Alvin Kamara, we await what happens to him next, but uh, pretty terrible stuff. No telling exactly what he said, but Alvin's excuse for him to just say that, you know, that guy had called one of his friends ugly. It's not good enough for all of that to have happened. So uh, pretty unreal stuff there from all pro running back Alvin Kamara. Now, this also came about, and you wanted to share this with our fans regarding Mac Jones. Out of pocket. Uh-oh. He's got, got away from the middle-aged fat never you ding dong ditch speed. Hitting the credit. Oh. Alvin, no, 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 that's Mac Jones, not Alvin Kamara. Mac Jones hits the gritty, and uh, that was one of the highlights from the Pro Bowl. I don't know why the defense didn't try to chase him down. They blew the whistle. Well, uh, if you were to watch the sidelines of that clip, you could see Alvin Kamara running towards Mac Jones in the end zone, uh, and he was looking to beat him up after he scored that touchdown. But the play didn't count. They blew the whistle dead early because it is the Pro Bowl, and if you get touched, now you're down. It's, It's worse than a flag football game in second grade upward. So they called it no touchdown, but we still got to see Mac Jones hit the gritty. 
Uh, Justin Jefferson, the creator of the gritty, gave Mac Jones a five on that out of 10. So not awful. A little bit better than Kirk Cousins, he said. So that's good. I didn't know that Justin Jefferson created that. That guy is uh, a talented player, obviously, and can dance like no other. And TikTok famous, too. But Mac Jones also was talking some smack during that Pro Bowl, and some are saying that he's the next Phillip Rivers caliber mm-hmm. of trash talk. I could see that. Same kind of player, no arm strength, uh, just making good decisions. But they will throw a lot of interceptions somehow. I mean, Jones threw 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions this season. I mean, he looked a lot like Phillip Rivers, so I could see him going down the same career path as Phillip. Yeah, and again, Mac Jones arguably has a weak arm in terms of arm strength, and you talked about that earlier in the season. I think after that Bills-Patriots game in Gillette Stadium in which the wind, the snow, uh, everything was going crazy. Maybe not snow, but everything was going crazy, and Mac yeah. wasn't trusted to throw the ball down the field. And then we saw it again in which Mac couldn't throw the ball down the field in the wind. At the Pro Bowl last weekend, he did a quarterback skills challenge and couldn't hit his targets. And it walks off the field after going maybe one or two of 13 or 14. It says, man, that win hit different. Yeah, I mean, it would have been much better if we got to see Brad Johnson maybe com- compete in that, throw some of his uh, his trick shot balls down the field to hit the targets. Unlike Mac Jones, who can't throw the ball through the wind. So it was it was a bad performance for Mac Jones in the skills showdown. But in the game, which counts less in the skills showdown, somehow, uh, Mac Jones had a pretty good game, and it was fun to watch. So we'll see if he picks it up next year. I mean, they're going to have to get some targets for him, and I think the Patriots should be a playoff team next season. Yeah, again, they made the playoffs this year, just uh, fell short offense to not show up. Also, a breaking story or breaking report is that Russell Wilson got put on blast by former safety of the NFL, current analyst on ESPN, Ryan Clark, who says Russell Wilson is not an all-time great quarterback. He's never going to be in those conversations. We have to stop putting him in that world where any team that has Russell Wilson can win a Super Bowl. And you know what? I mean, what, 2012 was their last Super Bowl win. Is that correct? Yeah. And ever since then, everyone's thought, oh, you know, this guy's a Super Bowl caliber uh, caliber quarterback, and he could be on just the perfect team, a perfect situation like Tampa Bay. But any average or, or good team, I don't think that guy is a Super Bowl appearing quarterback, much less a champion uh, once more. And I think he's kind of losing a step a little bit. I know he's got some injuries. And, and don't get me wrong, I would take him on the Buccaneers right now, and he would do great things. But if he leaves Seattle for a subpar or good team, I don't think that they're a serious playoff contender at all. I don't know. I feel like he's a, a step up from Matthew Stafford. And we saw Stafford go to the Rams, and they're in the Super Bowl right now. So – I think if he could go to a team that was on the fringe of the playoffs, like the Colts, or in the playoffs, like the Buccaneers, they're a Super Bowl team. The Eagles, maybe, with that defense they've got. uh, They've got some young receivers, so Eagles would be a good team, and they have the draft capital to to trade for him because you're going to have to trade for Russell Wilson to acquire him, and the Eagles have three first-round draft picks this season, so that's a team that could definitely get Russell Wilson and go on a run, but... Do they want to already give up on Jalen Hurts? I don't know. It may be a three-team trade in that scenario where someone else gets Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and again, they could throw Jalen into that trade deal with Seattle. uh, And we'll see how all things pan out there with Russell Wilson. But again, it would be cool to see him on the move. I think he's definitely gone. I don't think he stays in Seattle. All signs point towards that. Continuing with quarterback talk, Tom Brady retired, and he posted uh, a story of Lamar Jackson's Instagram post and said, 
you're next at Lamar Jackson with a heart. Yeah, and that seems a bit like a threat in my opinion because, I mean, basically Tom Brady's last two seasons, like his last season with the Patriots and his last season with the Bucks, were both ruined by Antonio Brown leaving the team. With the Patriots, they had Antonio Brown. He gets him for one game, Brady does. Throws for 140 yards and a touchdown to him. He gets cut the next week because of some off-the-field issues. And then with the Bucks, well, he ran off the field during the game. So that I'm I'm telling you, if the Bucks had Antonio Brown in that playoff run, they're they're probably still in it right now. Yeah, and I think so. I think that even if they would have had just Tristan Wirfs, they're in it. But arguably yeah. you're talking about Antonio Brown and the fact that Lamar Jackson and him have been in talks to a certain extent, have worked out, have trained together over the past couple of off seasons. I do think that Antonio Brown's NFL career is over. It should be, but you just never know these days. And Antonio Brown's actions have not really been held to a high standard. It's, hey, that's what happens off the field. Here's a shot to play on Sunday once more. Here's the contract. And, I mean, a couple of days later, you see Antonio Brown tweet out a picture of him photoshopped into a Ravens uniform because he wants to play with his cousin, which is Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, the receiver. But I don't – he with the Ravens, I feel like he would have a worse situation getting the ball because Lamar Jackson runs so much. Yeah. As a receiver, you're going to have to be blocking the entire game. So that's why you don't see any top-tier receivers in Baltimore at the moment. Again, and on top of that, Lamar Jackson does not have a rifle for an arm. He doesn't have a cannon. He can't really chunk the ball, you know, 45 pretty down the field like a guy like Antonio Brown or Hollywood Brown would like from his quarterback. So I think that also kind of holds back that Raven offense and their shot to win a Super Bowl. He is deadly. How much do those legs play an X factor in the playoffs? I I don't think too much. I don't think they'll do too much in terms of a real true Super Bowl champion Uh, team with Lamar Jackson under center moving on with more quarterback talk I know you're a big time fan of Manning cast Monday night football they just renewed their agreement with ESPN for Monday night football with Peyton and Eli through 2024 that's cool news I'm not big on you know the Manning cast but I know you are talk about why you like it uh, Spence and and obviously they do do a good job of having some awesome guests both professional athlete cook chefs anything anything in between Anybody famous that would be worthy of having on the pot or on their show would be uh, on that show, the Manning cast on Monday Night Football. Well, I'm a big podcast guy and watching the NFL games with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning talking over them is just a lot more fun for me than listening to a guy that's not Al Michaels. I mean, if it's not Al Michaels, I don't really want to listen to the broadcast anyways. So I think that that's a great uh, situation they've got going on with the Manning cast. Eli Manning, Peyton Manning together are a great combo. And with the new deal, hopefully they'll get their own studio so there won't be the uh, the technical difficulties that we saw this season and they can have live uh, guests. But I think the Manning cast is just a great, great, great thing for the NFL. And it's fun to watch, especially for me, who do- I don't have the greatest attention span, so I've got to have like two things going on at once. And that's why the Manning cast is perfect because you have Peyton Manning telling a story or interviewing somebody, then a big play happens and they get sidetracked. It's just fun to watch. Yeah, it does keep you on your, you know, the edge of your seat and whatnot. But in terms of watching the game, I'd rather watch the game and not have the small screen for the football game. I feel like they obviously shrink the size of the football game. Uh, If it was a podcast that came out, you know, two days later after the game and just the interview portion, I would totally check that out. But you guys are tuned to the best podcast, 
the Chris Mathis Podcast, TCM Pod on all social media, even TikTok. And we do ask that you go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would like to hit 35 subscribers by next week's show, currently at 25 right now. So just 10 subscribers. It's very doable. Go search up TCM underscore pod on YouTube. Continuing now with our rookie of the week. I know that a lot of people are trying to keep up with the NBA playoffs that are going to be coming up here in the next couple of months. A couple of trades right before the deadline just went down with uh, James Harden. But my rookie of the week goes out to Detroit Pistons rookie, uh, Cade Cunningham, number one overall pick, continues to dominate uh, at a high pace this season, having his best month of his career. He led all rookies in points per game, 17.3 points per game, ranked second in assist with five and a half assists per game, with averages of 4.2 rebounds per game, nearly uh, 1.2 steals a game, and almost a block per game over January. He also scored a career-high 35 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists with a nugget against the Nuggets on January 25th. So, again, Cade Cunningham, NBA Rookie of the Detroit Pistons, is my Rookie of the Week. He got Rookie of the Month for the NBA. And uh, with the NFL kind of coming down to a close, their season ending, that was my rookie pick. And I do hate to say that NFL talk on the podcast is almost over. We have – Obviously, this episode and then one more before uh, it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick up an NBA team because you said that was the first overall pick in the last draft, and I've never even heard of this guy. So I think the NBA, honestly, as of right now, is a dying sport. It's a lot like baseball. Nobody's paying attention to it. I mean, it's it's going down to the wayside. And even in the playoffs, like the playoffs are not as good as they used to be with the players that are left in the league. A lot of them are drama queens. It's like a, it's it's like if the NFL had a had a, had a league, of only diva receivers like OBJ and Antonio Brown. That's what the NBA is like to me, but I'll pick up a team and hopefully I'll pick up a team that I like. Maybe the 76ers jump on their bandwagon now after what they did today. But my rookie of the week this week is Mac Jones. He went 12 for 16 in the Pro Bowl with 112 yards, a touchdown, he threw an interception to Antoine Winfield, but he had a 75-yard touchdown run nullified, but then he hit the gritty and that earns him rookie of the week for me i mean that was a great gritty and usually don't see a caucasian male doing the gritty to that success so that was big Uh, i'm sure we'll get to see jamar chase hit the gritty on sunday after he scores a touchdown on jalen ramsey but uh, i think mac jones is a well-deserved rookie of the week this week for that dance performance he put on in the end zone now my player of the week spence and i do like your rookie of the week there that was a great Cue by you to put that video into our broadcast of Mac Jones hitting the gritty. My player of the week has to go out to a quarterback by the name of Joe Burrow. He's got the game of his life uh, here on the stage this Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 56, going to be a lot of fun as his Bengals take on a very good Rams defense. Obviously, a lot of hype behind Joe Burrow. It is earned, nonetheless, but a lot of hype. A lot of people think that he truly has a shot to win this game on Sunday. We'll get more into our Super Bowl picks, so let's not uh, spoil the predictions just yet. But Joe Burrow, my player of the week, and here's why. The guy comes off a serious knee injury from last season, has arguably a bottom five uh, offensive line this season once more. He got sacked nine times in his first playoff game of his career against the Titans just two weeks ago. Comes out, beats Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs last week or two weeks ago, and then here comes Joe Burrow in this offense. They'll hit the road play in Los Angeles to take on the Rams, the home team at a very beautiful stadium. 
All odds are stacked up against them. They are the underdog, and Joe Burrow has to ring the bell. And I think he can do it. Will he do it? I'm not quite sure, but I think that I'm not totally shocked if the Bengals do pull off a win here on Sunday. In Super Bowl 56, Joe Burrow, my rookie, uh, my player of the week, uh, in his second season as quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, my player of the week goes out to Kyler Murray, uh, future maybe Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, Ant-Man himself. We're going to finally get a superhero not Gerald McCoy in Tampa. I mean, McCoy was a uh, Batman for the Bucks for a couple of years, but it'd be nice to have a man that can shrink down and run through NFL defenses without them even seeing him on the field to begin with. So Kyler Murray in the Pro Bowl, threw for 160 yards, three touchdowns, third interception, but that's a pretty good Pro Bowl performance, and he threw a touchdown to one of his future NFL wide receivers, Mike Evans. So that was fun to see the connection get going before we trade for him this offseason. Yeah, and Kyler also deleted all of his social media posts from Instagram uh, and then shared that video of him throwing a touchdown pass to Mike Evans to his story. So I don't know how much is there, but there's definitely something brewing there in Arizona and Kyler Murray. And uh, again, both guys, Mike Evans and Kyler Murray from Texas. Yep. And and as you said, uh, Mike Evans said, I caught a touchdown pass from Texas GOAT Kyler Murray. So We'll see how that all plays out. Would you want Kyler Murray to head to Tampa? Yeah, I mean, we've never had a franchise quarterback, like literally ever. So it would be nice to have a young quarterback who's top 12 in the league at the moment. I think he would be really good in Tampa. I mean, our defense is going to stay mostly the same. Receiving core could switch up a little bit if we lose Godwin, but reports are we might not lose Godwin, so... If we can keep Godwin and Evans and then get Kyler Murray in here, maybe draft a good running back, this team is prime for another run. So, Do you think the issue with Kyler is more a Kyler Murray situation or is it more of disrespect and distrust in his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who started off the last two seasons as the best team in the National Football League and then you know, has their season fall apart in the playoffs and there's a lot of questionable calls there uh, in crunch time from head coach Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be some things going uh, going on behind the scenes because you see Kyler Murray in some games just not show any enthusiasm for the game. So that's a thing with Kyler Murray. But whenever he's on fire, he is literally on fire. Uh, and he's Ant-Man. So he's, a, he's an activated superhero on the field when he gets running. So I think he would be great in Tampa. But he could be a problem maybe with his attitude. That is a thing. But I, I would love him in Tampa. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to see him uh, run on defenses. We haven't had that in a long time since yeah. probably maybe Josh Freeman his rookie year. Ne I would say never. Death. Never had a quarterback like that. So it'd be a lot of fun to see it all pan out. And he does have a cannon of an arm. And I really wish that you would have bought that rookie card a few months ago Yeah, while we were on vacation. But last week you were out uh, for good reason. I know that you were not feeling it. So we let you take the day off for once. So you missed out on the podcast last week. And we called it Savageless because Spencer the Savage was not in town. He was not available to hop on the pod. So I called it Savageless for all the true listeners, the true fans of TCM Pod. You guys caught on. If not, you need to really watch us a little bit more and hit that subscribe button on YouTube. But we missed out on Stooge of the Week last week. Or I think that you gave me a nomination, but it just wasn't the same, Spence. And uh, obviously, I'm not as savage as you are, or else I would have included that in my username. For me, it's just Chris Mathis, simple and plain. Stay by the books primarily, but, you know, I can bend a little bit here and there like a great defense. Talk about our Stooge of the Week as you make your return after a week hiatus. 
Well, my Stooge of the Week for this week is a man named Alvin Kamara. Uh, maybe a former NFL running back. We don't know yet. He beat up a guy because he called one of his friends ugly, which is a bit weird in my opinion. I, I think that's an awful excuse for beating someone up. I mean, if he doesn't want to get in any trouble, he should have said something else that the guy said. But he he said that the guy just called his friend ugly, and he, that was enough to beat the shit out of him. So uh, I think it was a bad decision by Alvin Kamara, but this also ties in with my stooge, with my uh, Shankaruski, if you want to lead us into that segment as well. Yeah, I think it's perfect timing here. But, oh, okay, there we go. That's clean. Dripping Ooh. ice brings us Shankaruski segment. Again, got the ice cream cone on the sleeve. Beautiful stuff here. Go follow them on Instagram. The Dripping Ice, chocolate ice cream, sweet board, snowboarding. Uh, that's a sweet bear snowboarding. And again, Dripping Ice brings us the Shankaruski segment and Hate to say it, but we are dwindling down to the Shankaruski segment this football season as we've got one more game this Sunday, and that is our last shot to see some Shankaruski. So, Spence, I'm going to let you take over this Shankaruski and uh, fill us in on your on what your nomination was and why. Well, my Shankaruski for this prior week comes out of a Las Vegas correctional facility uh, where Alvin Kamara was housed. Actually, it was the same one where Henry Ruggs is in at the moment, so – Apparently, Henry Ruggs saw Alvin Kamara walk in, was wondering if that was really Alvin Kamara. And going back to their rivalry, I mean, the Saints and Raiders have been in the league for a good amount of time, and they've played each other a couple times, Kamara and Ruggs. And Ruggs took a, took a run at Kamara and actually shanked him so, in one of the facilities, in the correctional facility. So that is my shank of the week uh, for this week. It was, it was tough, but Alvin Kamara survived. He's on the other end of it. Ruggs got a couple more years in prison, probably a lifetime at the moment. But uh, yeah, shank of the shank of the week goes to uh, Henry Ruggs uh, shanking Alvin Kamara. That might be the craziest shank of the year. And again, yeah. he didn't miss because he did land the shank. So again, Shank Ruski segment brought to you by V Drip and Ice, which leads us into our big three for this week. Brought to you by Information on Demand. Pre-employment screening services offering fast, accurate, affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or even other screening services, they've got you covered. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information that you need in just eight hours or less. That's right. Information on demand. They're fast. They're accurate and affordable pre-employment background screenings. Give them a call today at 855 914-4636-855. 914-4636 or visit informationondemand.net as they bring you guys our big three. Now, the big three for this episode, uh, we're talking about the head coaching hirings, the Super Bowl. We'll get into that here momentarily. Also, our predictions and some of the predictions from our listeners. You guys as well, you might get mentioned here with your score and prediction of who wins. And then our Super Bowl halftime expectation and prop bets too. We'll talk a little bit about those here momentarily. But first and foremost, talking about the NFL uh, head coaching hirings over the last week and some change. We pull up a photo and we see some new hires. Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, Texans, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, New Orleans Saints, Denver Broncos all feel like they have found their new guys to take over the team and lead their programs. And some of those guys are questionable. If you were to tell me uh, even a month ago that these were the new head coaches around the league, I would think that that's laughable, a laughing stock. I would say maybe three of those guys are worthy of an opportunity. A little bit uh, disappointed that 
Rich Patasha didn't stay with the Raiders. I think it was well-deserved. I think all the players love that guy, and he signed on as the special teams coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. So it goes on to tell you guys uh, just how weird the NFL is. Looking here at Doug Peterson, Jaguars head coach. He came from the Philadelphia Eagles. He helped mold Carson Wentz in his NFL career. And if you have any comments on any of these coaches, feel free to pop in and Give your feedback on Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jaguars, who will help take over a very young second-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence next season. Helps uh, clean up a dumpster fire in Jacksonville. And I also saw part of my take posted a quote from Doug Peterson. I'm not sure if it was true or not, but was that not true? No, it wasn't true. Okay, okay. I saw that he said, I will never go to a strip club or, you know, go get danced on at a bar after a game. Yep like your former co- uh, former coach Urban Meyer did. But that would have been funniest. Uh, funniest. Matt Eberflus, Eberflus signed to the Chicago Bears. He was the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. Not sure about that because you have Justin Fields. Let's do thumbs up, thumbs down. So Doug Peterson to the Jaguars. Is a thumbs up. That's good. Thumbs That's up. a good one. Matt Eberflus to the Bears. Matt Eberflus to another team would have been good, but I just don't think the Bears with their young quarterback should have got Eberflus. So double thumbs down there for the Bears hiring because you do have a young Justin Fields who has a lot of potential, uh, and I don't think that this guy gets that potential out of that young quarterback in Justin Fields. Lovey Smith to the Houston Texans. That's double thumbs down. I don't know how he got a job. I mean, he wasn't in the running at all. Uh But he's got a cool beard, and I think that was the only thing they were looking at when they hired him. And I think that they're playing the fact that in 2006, he helped lead his Chicago Bears to a Super Bowl against the Indianapolis Colts. Since then, the guy has been very bad as a head coach. Went to the Buccaneers, went 8-24. 8-24 over 32 games with the Bucs in just two years and was terrible. And in fact, let's pull up a quick video of this head coach, Lovey Smith. After his hiring as head coach of the Houston Texans. Houston Texans fans, it's Lovey Smith, your new head football coach. What an exciting day. First day on the job. Uh, looking forward to uh, winning in a whole lot of football games. Can't wait to get you out in the stands this coming fall. It's going to be a lot of fun here. I remember a day when it was a tough place to play for, for opposing teams to come in here. We're going to do our share to make you want to come back. Can't wait to see you. Take care. Yeah, yeah, and apparently the fire alarms went off while he was giving his press conference. So I think that was God's way of saying, get the hell out of here right now. Uh, if you're a Texans fan or if you're their office, uh, if you're in their front office. I mean, I think that's an awful hiring for Houston. Houston has no future anyways, though. So this could be just a tank hire. And then in a year, maybe they'll finally uh, hire, uh, who is it, Josh McCown? Is that who they wanted? Yeah, Yeah. they were interested in Josh McCown, former NFL veteran quarterback that was uh, a journeyman, never coached in his life. I think he might have coached at the high school level, but either way, I mean, that's a huge jump. Yeah. Never even being a coordinator uh, offensively or defensively at the National Football League. But Lovey Smith, not too sure about that hire. I would have probably just stuck with the other hire. But I think he wanted to win. As you said, this might be a dumpster hire just to tank a little bit. The other guy did want to win, so. Lovey, he's cool with losing. We saw it in Tampa a few years ago. Then he went off to University of Illinois, had a terrible record there uh, with the Fighting Illini. And then moving on now with the rest of the head coaching hires over the week, Kevin O'Connell to the Minnesota Vikings. He comes over as the Rams offensive coordinator. 
not bad there. They already have like that one. defense. I, I give that one a thumbs up. Yeah, I give that one a thumbs up if they are able to retain Kirk Cousins or sign a, a good quarterback over the offseason or else this hire doesn't make much sense. But Justin Jefferson, this will be his first time getting an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, he was dealing with Mike Zimmer for a couple of years. He's a defensive guy. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, Rams offensive coordinator can do with the, uh, the Vikings high-powered offense that he's going to inherit. Brian Dable to the New York Giants. I feel bad for any coach that goes there because they really don't have any help. You've got Saquon Barkley who tears his ACL or hurts his hamstring every year at some point. You've got a very bad quarterback in Daniel Jones, Danny Pennies, as I like to call him. And then that's really it. You don't really have a defense to build off of. You're not going there with, hey, at least we have a decent defense. You're really screwed on both sides of the spectrum when you go to the New York Giants. And Dable was the Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator. So he goes from having Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, a great tight end, Drew Knox, to now having pretty much nobody and no defense to back up on. The Bills have a fantastic defense. I'm not sure how this is going to work out for Brian Dable uh, and the New York Giants. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Good hire for the Giants, just not a good situation for Brian Dable. So Okay, yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, better way to put it. And he deserved it. He deserves an opportunity. I don't know if I would have settled for this. I probably would have waited a minute, maybe wrote it out one more year. Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. He finally signed his intent to be the head coach of the Raiders. And we know he did it a few years ago with the Colts where he signed and then in a matter of 48 hours dips out and says, hey, you know what? I changed my mind. I want to be back on staff with Bill and the crew here in New England. But Josh McDaniels, an interesting hire. I don't know if I like it. He had a terrible stint there with the Denver Broncos. All good thumbs down, especially if Derek Carr's out, which if I'm Derek Carr, that hire does not sell me to want to stay. Uh, in that black and silver. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs down. I do not like this hire at all. Mike McDaniel to the Miami, uh, almost said the Marlins, Miami Dolphins, takes over to a Tonglavoa and staff there, uh, tries to rebuild a very winning team, a team that surpassed expectations with their roster under Brian Flores. They fire Brian Flores. They need a head coach. They settle for Mike McDaniel. And this was a very interesting hire. I'm not sure if you saw that plane conversation in which he talked to and FaceTimed his new quarterback to a Tonglavo and said, I believe in you. This could be a very professional relationship. Just his wording was very awkward. I don't know what was more awkward to two on the other side of the phone, or if it was coach McDaniel, but he's definitely the great value of McDaniel's head coach of the Raiders. And I've got a quick clip here. If you guys will direct your attention to the screen, this guy is somewhat funny. It's cheesy humor. It's something that I would say, but, Again, I'm not on a big stage like this guy, new head coach of an NFL team. Welcome to Miami. That's my fifth welcome to Miami, and I'm, I, I'm feeling welcome. About to say, just trying to make you feel comfortable. That's what I mean. I'm just waiting for you to bust out some welcome to Miami and then finish the verse. I'm not going to do that right now, but maybe later on. Gotcha. Yeah, that, he seems like Jerry Seinfeld meets logic. Uh, that looks like the combination. He sounds a little bit like Jerry Seinfeld, looks a lot like logic. Uh, apparently on the head coaching hire sheet, he listed himself as African-American. Uh, don't know about that one. He does look completely white, but that may have helped him get the job. But Debo Samuel said he's, he's one of the best coaches he's ever been around. So I trust Debo. I think he's going to be pretty good in Miami. I mean, Miami was already a pretty good team and they shouldn't have fired Flores, but 
they must have known that he was going to turn around and maybe sue the league. So I don't know. Yeah, and again, they didn't want to have to put up with that. So that was definitely their reasoning for the hiring. Mike McDaniel, new head coach of the Minnesota Dolphins. Come on, Miami Dolphins. Moving on with Dennis Allen, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He was the defensive coordinator, and we know several years ago he was the head coach of the Raiders. He was also at, what was it, with the Bounty bounty Gate? Yep. In which he said, hey, practically break this dude's ankles, hit high, hit low. Who was it? It was uh, Frank Gore. He called out Frank Gore and said, hey, hit high on Frank Gore, knock him dumb, or something along those yep. lines. So Dennis Allen fits perfectly in New Orleans. Unfortunately, he loses a scumbag running back. I'll wait and see more about Alvin Kamara before I say that. I take that back. We'll see about that story a little bit more. Maybe there's more to that altercation. Nathaniel Hackett, new head coach of the Denver Broncos. He was the Green Bay Packer offensive coordinator for the last couple of years. I think that's a good hire, number one. Uh, Offensive-minded guy, hops on with a defensive powerhouse team. They have a very good defense. They have had one since 2014 or 15. Solid secondary uh, and they have a young offense with a couple of weapons. Need a quarterback, and I think that was how he got the job. He went in there. They said, hey, what do you feel or how do you feel about our quarterbacking situation? I feel like it could be improved. I don't really like Drew Locke. I don't like Teddy Two Gloves. Okay, well, Coach Hag, how do you feel about maybe getting Aaron Rodgers to come to town? I think I could do it. All right, fine. Here you go. You're the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I like the Saints hire and Dennis Allen. I mean, their defense has been good for – a, a couple of years now they were a top defense this year uh, and I think they're going to be able to keep all their defensive pieces it, it, it all comes down to the quarterback situation in New Orleans and then with the with the uh, Broncos I like their hire obviously they're thinking about getting Aaron Rodgers and that would be a, a seamless transition uh, for Aaron if he does get traded to the Broncos but it's going to take a lot for the Packers to just willingly get rid of Aaron Rodgers so I don't see it happening but Good on Daniel on uh, Nathaniel Hackett getting that job. So if we were to grade this entire group of hirings from A to F, and that could be A plus, A minus, A to F, I'm giving this a solid C minus overall. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of guys that you didn't expect to be head coaches in the league. Uh, I think the deserving ones are Dennis Allen, McDaniel, not McDaniels, but McDaniel, uh, the Brian Dable, he's a deserving candidate. Lovey Smith, though, I think that's an awful hire. Uh, there's a couple in there that I just do not agree with, but I would give it a C overall. Okay, so a little bit better than my uh, ranking there, my rating. Now let's talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles as the Rams will host the Cincinnati Bengals. Can they be the second team ever to win a Super Bowl at home? Second consecutive year as Tampa Bay did it last year. We'll talk more about that here momentarily. First and foremost, we got to bring up uh, a couple of our predictions and also the Super Bowl 56 logo. A lot of criticism regarding the logo. I mean, it's clean. It's almost too simplistic for me when you look at the logos from years past. I mean, look at the 80s, 90s, early 2000s even. Those logos were super cool. They looked very uh, detailed for that individual year. And now it's just the traditional Super Bowl Lombardi trophy with new Roman numerals and not a big fan of that. Yeah, they've taken a step back over the last 10 years uh, with the Super Bowl logo. But I mean, I guess it is what it is. It's going to stay like that 
probably forever. I mean, but the nineties and early two thousands had much better logos than what we have now. They're pretty bland and it is going to be a good Super Bowl. That's all I can ask for. Again, the Rams will host the Bengals. Rams are a four point favorite at home. A little bit less of a favorite than I thought. I thought there'd be a little bit of a bigger line there. I was thinking maybe a six or seven point favorite that the Rams would win this game. But uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch two number nine quarterbacks go at it. Talking about Matthew Stafford, Rams quarterback, and Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback. Just the fourth time in NFL Super Bowl history that the quarterbacks have wore the same exact number. So that's going to be kind of cool to see there. Cool, interesting nugget regarding this Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 it's going to be hard to uh, see a dominant win for either team. I don't think either team runs away with this game. I think it's pretty close. I think at most it's a 17-point ball game for either team that wins. Um, and it could be as close as three, four, maybe six points for me. But I think overall it's going to come down to one team getting a lucky break here or there in the third quarter and then running off with it and taking it uh, the distance. I think it will be a close first half. Very close first quarters. Teams try to fill each other out and see what type of offense they're rolling with. Hey, are they trying to go down the field with Cooper Cup? Or are they going to try to uh, see if Cam Akers is healthy and can run the ball? Are they going to give the ball to uh, Sony Michelle? Or is Joe Mixon going to get the ball a lot? Is Joe Burrow going to spread the ball across the field to three very solid wide receivers? Those are the questions that will be answered on Sunday from kickoff. Yeah, well – I mean, I, I think if a team's going to run away with this game, it's going to be the Rams. Their defense is just very dominant. And whenever you're going against that Bengals offensive line, like we've heard all week, I mean, the Bengals are at a big disadvantage. And if you can get to Joe Burrow early and often, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, stay with the Rams offense in this game. So you talk about how the Rams would win this football game. How can the Bengals pick up a victory and pick up their first Super Bowl victory of all time, I believe, or, or at least 30-something years? Well, if the Bengals want to win this game, they're going to have to establish the run super early. Uh, they're going to have to be able to open up the play-action game. But it, it's going to all come down to Joe Mixon and this defense that does get a lot of takeaways. They're going to need at least two or three in this game. And maybe, like, against the Bucks, the Rams will fumble, like, three drives in a row. Stafford will throw a pick. Maybe something like that, but uh, I just I just don't see that honestly. I I think the Rams have the best shot at winning this game. I would agree with you on that, but do you feel like there's any chance at all that the Bengals pick up a win? I mean, what would you say the probability is of zero to one hundred percent that Joe Burrow gets the job done on Super Bowl Sunday? There's like a thirty percent chance. I mean, it's uh, they're obviously two Super Bowl teams, but I think the Rams are a step above the Bengals and. I think we're going to see that Sunday. Again, that front seven for the Rams is insane, which is one thing. If you're having to worry about the pass rush and maybe having to check down the ball a lot more than you'd like or scramble with the football a lot more. But it's another thing whenever you have a great secondary that's you know locking up your, deep, your receivers as well. And Jalen Ramsey, uh, we saw Eric Weddle unretire. I don't think he's going to be too much of a factor, but that defense is solid for the Rams in all facets of the game, and if Joe Burrow is running for his life, having to extend plays with his legs and try to look downfield, I don't think he's going to be able to find an open receiver. Uh, it's really going to have to be, can Jamar Chase win one-on-ones with Jalen Ramsey, who claims that he's the number one or number one defensive back? He didn't even say corner. He said defensive back in the entire league. 
Well, I mean, if, if the Bengals offensive line can hold up, they've got a top two receiving core in the league. And as of right now, I would rate it above the Rams because the Rams don't have Robert Woods, of course. But I mean, if the Bengals can maybe get the Rams into man coverage, which I do not think they will because the Bengals have Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Uzama is going to be playing on Sunday as well. So no, is he really? Yeah. I thought he like pretty much screwed up his ACL. No, he's going to be playing. Wow. Okay. So I, I think that the the Rams are just going to play it soft and sit in zone coverage the whole game, send some blitzes. Uh, and that's Joe Burrow's just going to have to make a lot of plays in this game if they want to win this one. And that offensive line needs to hold up uh, and give Burrow a lot of time in the pocket if the Bengals want to win this game. I just don't foresee that happening. As much as I'd like to see Joe Burrow and the Bengals pull off the upset on the road as the visiting team, you know, and the other opponent and the opponent's home stadium on Super Bowl Sunday. I would love to see that. I'd be shocked to see it happen. I think there's a small possibility. I'm going with more like a 20% chance that the Bengals can win this game. Again, I would love to see Joe Burrow get the job done. But realistically, I'm going to go with the Rams in this football game. And I just don't think that there's any way that they lose this one unless, like you said, the Bengals control the clock, run the ball very early and go up maybe two scores at halftime. I don't think that they can claw their way back into this game like they have been. And on the same side of things, on the other side of the token, per se, they did beat the Chiefs. You didn't think that they would beat the Chiefs. They did beat the Titans. We didn't think that they would beat the Titans. It's Joe Burrow. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I keep hearing that it's Joe Burrow winning this ga- winning these games, but, I mean, their their defense is getting all the takeaways. Mixon's running crazy in the playoffs, so... I mean, it's going to have to come down to Stafford maybe reverting back to Week 17 Stafford or how he played in the midseason where he was just throwing pick sixes left and right. That's what the Bengals are going to need to win this game. I've got the Rams in this game by probably 10 to 14 points. I want the Bengals to win, though, and I want this to be a close game, and I want to see Joe Burrow win the Super Bowl, but I just I just think the, the Rams are a better team, and uh, they've got more pieces in almost every position, and I think they're going to win this one. Well, you got to give us a score prediction here on Super Bowl Sunday to the T. Well, I'm going to go 35-27 Rams win. Okay, that's pretty fair. I'm going with a score of 37-24. And I do think that, here is my hot take. I do think that we see a missed field goal by both kickers in this game, which is a serious hot take because both of these kickers are pretty solid. But will McPherson miss on the big stage? Will Matt Gay go back to his old Tampa Bay ways and shank a couple of kicks, I think it's it's possible. And that's my hot take for this week and this Super Bowl. So when it does happen, tweet us at TCM underscore pod. Now let's talk about some of you guys, our listeners, and your feedback regarding a Super Bowl prediction. Uh, former Talk To Him Tuesday guest Joe Mancuso says that it's a defensive ball game. The Rams win 21-13. That would be fun to see. But I think that there's a couple of turnovers in there, and I don't like to watch sloppy football. I'd rather see a high-scoring offensive football game. Uh, so 21-13, Joe Mancuso, quarterback of the Richmond Spiders, says that the Rams win this game on Super Bowl Sunday. Moving on with Austin Petit, says 45-42, Rams win. Stafford gets MVP. Lance says that the Rams will win 34-21 on Sunday. Ethan also has a prediction. This is a hot take from Ethan. He says – he didn't claim it was a hot take, but I'm taking it as a hot take. Ethan says 30-27 to 27 Cincinnati wins as the 
Money back hits the game-winning field goal for the Bengals. Austin Dyson says 21-17, Rams win at home. Hannah says home team 34-28. That's pretty basic, Hannah. 30, home team 34-28, the Rams will win. That's who she's referring to as the home team. Will says Cincinnati 31, Rams 24. Joe Burrow gets the MVP. Logan says 28-24, and Joey B gets the MVP for the Bengals. So, a little bit more skewed audience here than I expected. And on top of that, to top off everything, all these core predictions, former Super Bowl champion, a guy that knows a thing or two about Super Bowls and, what's it, and what it takes to win the big game, Super Bowl 37 champion Brad Johnson has the Rams pulling away 31-24. And I'll tell you guys this right now. If somebody gets their prediction to the team with the score, uh, and the team right. I'll send them something in the mail as a thank you for tuning into the podcast. And if you're one of those ones that predicted an MVP and get the MVP prediction right, I'll send you a little bit more. It could be a sticker. It could be a card. We'll find out. But uh, pretty cool stuff here. And glad that we got some feedback regarding a Super Bowl prediction. Now on to a couple of cool prop bets for the Super Bowl halftime show brought to you by Pepsi. Pepsi halftime show is going to be loaded as we have five awesome artists Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Kung Fu Kenny, Mary J. Blige, all on stage. And if you're not a big football fan, this is one of those games in which you could watch the halftime performance and say, hey, that was worth my time. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And with that, we have some prop bets uh, regarding the halftime and regarding the game as well. So either team scores a safety. No. Plus 750. Zero chance. Zero chance, even with Joe Burrow's bad offensive line. Zero chance. Zero chance. Okay, for me, I'll say there's a small chance that the Rams get a safety. No, you have to say yes or no. Yes, Von Miller. Okay. Successful two-point try. No. Yes, Bengals. And that's because they're losing the game and they're trying to make it a closer game than it really was. Special teams or defensive touchdown? Yeah. Why? I think Stafford throws a pick six somewhere in there. Early in the game, gets it out of his system quick. So like a Jameis Winston type throw. I'll say... I'll say no. I'll say no on special teams or defensive touchdown. Will there be a walk-off game-winning field goal kicked in regulation? So in the first four quarters? No, but I'd like to see McPherson hit a game winner. Ethan, one of our listeners, says that will happen and that McPherson will do it, but... I'll say no on that one. Will Super Bowl 56 end in a Super Bowl score gami? An interesting score that rarely happens. No. I think it'll be a pretty basic score. Uh, LSU special. Forget this Philly special. Is Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham Jr., and Joe Burrow, will they all score touchdowns? Yes. 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 I would agree. I think that could happen in the first half. Yeah. Opening kickoff returned for a touchdown in Super Bowl 56 on Sunday between the Rams and the Bengals. Zero percent, zero percent chance. Absolutely no chance. I would bet my savings that that does not happen. They're going to kick it out of the back of the end zone. I mean, that's moving on to halftime prop bets. How many songs will we play during the halftime show? Over eight and a half songs, under 10 and a half songs. Over eight and a half. I'll say nine songs. So do you think it goes? Uh... They're not going to go over 10. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I'll say uh, nine songs. I'm going over. What will be the first song played during the halftime show? California Love plus 200. Next, uh, the next episode plus 350. Family Affair plus 400. 
Nothing but a G thing plus 700. Lose yourself plus 650. Drop it like drop it like it's hot plus 750. All the stars a thousand. Still Dre and humble. Uh, it's a hundred percent chance going to be California love. I mean the game's in L.A. So yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. Unfortunately, I would go opposite just to keep everybody on the edge of their seat. And uh, and you would also draw on more audience. Those Californians that aren't watching the game, when they hear that it wasn't the first song, they'll dial their TV in and be like, oh, okay, they did play California Love. Which artist is going to perform first? Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem. I'm going to go with Kung Fu Kenny. I'm going to go Eminem. What will be Eminem's first song? Lose Yourself, My Name Is, Real Slim Shady, Without Me, Stan, or any other song? Real Slim Shady. That would be solid. Uh, but I'm going to go with Lose Yourself. That'd be awful. We'll try to get everybody pumped up. That's my Depends opinion. on the score. Yeah, that's true. If it's a blowout, I think he's going to try to get someone's attention. Yeah. Will any of Eminem's performance be censored on Sunday? Yeah, I think the yellow Eminem is going to be censored. I, I think the blue and the red are okay, but the yellow one, I don't know about that. Well, one. wasn't the green one the one that was censored on Twitter a few years ago? Yeah. They yeah. changed her sexuality. Yep. Or her gender. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage? And before you answer this, Spencer, there's two parts to this. They are in California. When is Snoop Dogg not smoking? Then on the other hand, the NFL doesn't drug test for marijuana anymore, but they don't want you smoking on public TV and, you know, in a public audience like that. Well, there's a 100% chance he's going to be smoking a blunt in the Super Bowl performance. I mean, everywhere you see him, he's smoking a blunt. So I've got, I've got yes. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with no. I think that uh, Roger Goodell, holds things down, maybe pays Snoop Dogg a little bit more illegally under the table and says, hey, don't smoke in front of my fans. Uh, we don't want these kids. At the same time, though, most of that Super Bowl audience is going to be businessmen and women because they're the only ones that can afford yeah. a $6,500 ticket to this game, which is unreal. I don't agree with that. Fans don't – they can't afford that. Uh, will a football be used as a prop? And keep in mind that Snoop Dogg is somewhat of a football coach to a certain extent. Yeah, he'll, they're definitely going to use the football, 100%. Super Bowl 56 halftime prop bets. Going to be a lot of fun to see these things all unfold again. Super Bowl 56, Bengals play against the Rams in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals losing this game against the Rams. Rams front seven just too much for Cincinnati in their offensive line. Yeah, I've got the Rams in this game as well. I want the Bengals to win. Hopefully the Bengals do win, but the Rams are realistically going to run away with it. And I think that closes out. Oh, one more final word from Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Have a workout and go and post it on Instagram the next day and then go and sit on your butt for four days and everyone thinks you're working hard, but you're really not. You know, work in silence. Don't, don't show everybody what you're doing. I wonder how many uh, high school and college athletes just deleted their post about working out just because Joe Burrow posted that. I'm kind of confused. You said you were going to play a Joe Burrow video. That was obviously Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> so. That's good. But you know what? To go against your Macaulay Culkin thing and to go with Joe Burrow, this is for Joe Burrow and one of our favorite actors, I at least speak for me, Will Ferrell, start on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week. I don't know if he lost a bet or if he really believes in Cincinnati and their shot to win, but here's Will Ferrell on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week. If you recall last time I was here, I got here so early. Yes. You did. <clears throat> for my hair and makeup. Yeah. 
And you guys were speculating, like, what is he doing? Why did he get here so early? Yeah. And you guys were like, oh, he's going to come out as this person or Mugatu or this and that. And I came out just as normal Will Ferrell. And uh, devastatingly disappointed. You, the looks on your faces, I'm like, God, next time you guys are back, I'm bringing the heat. Well, I didn't know it took you that long just to look like Will Ferrell. Well, it doesn't. I just, I'm very conscientious. Again, Will Ferrell on the Dan Patrick Show. And yeah, I mean, he looks he looks great as a cat. I don't think that that's him choosing the Bengals to win this game, though. I think he's just uh, uh, becoming a furry. So, oh yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Could definitely be the case there for Will Ferrell. Over under that he becomes a furry. Uh, I'm gonna say he's already over, there. Over fifty percent. I'll say under. He's already there. No. Oh. He also went on in that interview to say uh, he wasn't sure if he was going to remove the painting of his face as he was driving home. Yep. So interesting stuff there as we wrap up. Talk to, no, not talk to him Tuesday. Well, we are leading in to talk to him Tuesday. Next week's guest right here on the podcast, talk to him Tuesday, iHeartRadio's Pat Donovan of Tampa Bay. Going to be a lot of fun. He's a radio show host from 12 to 3 of the Pat and Aaron Show and uh, has talked to Tom Brady and postgame pressers has talked with several professional – I mean, that's his day-to-day job. Wow. Talked with Barry Sanders earlier today. What? Yeah. You're supposed to keep going with his accolades. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and the guy just continues to rack up a lot of opportunity to uh, get his name out there more and to promote Tampa Bay sports. And again, 95.3 WDAE's Pat Donovan – Sports host joins us right here on the Chris Mathis podcast next week for Talk to Him Tuesday. And with that, we will sign off. Again, final Super Bowl prediction for me. Final score, 37-24. Rams prevail at home. They're the second straight team to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah, Rams beat the Bungles 35-27. to As always, thanks for tuning in to TCM Pod. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, the whole nine yards. Thanks for tuning in.